Hi, my name is Andy Chamberlain. I'm a writer and creative writing tutor, and you are listening to the Creative Writers Toolbelt, the podcast that gives you practical, accessible advice that you can apply straight away to your own writing. And welcome to episode 65 of the Creative Writers Toolbelt. In the last episode, we looked at how the three R's, research, respect and reasoning, can be used to develop the foundational setting of your work. And in this episode, we're going to look at some of the things that you can do to invest for the long term in the settings of future stories. These are good habits that you can get into now that will pay dividends in months or years to come. And to do this, we're going to be looking at what a magpie and the humble compost heap can teach us as writers. But before I get into that, I want to tell you a little bit about what's coming up for the Creative Writers Toolbelt in the next few weeks. I've had a blast this year speaking to some amazing authors. I had a great conversation with Peter F. Hamilton for episode 63, and I'm very excited to be telling you about my next guest. She's only been on the literary scene for a short time, but she has already made an incredible impact, not just in science fiction and fantasy genres, but also in mainstream publishing. I'm proud to say that my next guest will be Becky Chambers, author of the critically acclaimed novel, The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet. Becky's novel was shortlisted for the Kitches in the debut category in 2014, longlisted for the Bailey's Women's Prize for Fiction in 2016, and it's just been shortlisted for the Arthur C. Clarke Award. And Becky knows what it is to self-publish, and she also knows what it is to be commercially published, since her self-published novel was picked up in 2015 by Hodder and Stoughton. And in the interview, she shares her experiences and advice on the craft and the different publishing processes that she's been through. Now, many of you will know Becky's work, but if you don't, just check the search engine of your choice and you'll see what I mean when I say that Becky is the talk of the town in publishing at the moment. Okay, so let's get back to the subject of today's podcast and this rather bizarre idea of borrowing from a magpie and a compost heap. Well, let's think about the magpie first. According to folklore, magpies are attracted to small, shiny items and have a habit of taking these back to their nests, hence the term thieving magpie. Whether that's true or not, it behoves us as writers to copy the magpie and be interested in our version of shiny curiosities. That means that we should be actively looking around for ideas and scenes and concepts, events, anything really that might just attract our interest and therefore might be good source material for a story. We can find these things in our ordinary day-to-day living, including what we might hear or see in the media and in what we might read. And these things don't have to be immediately applicable. In fact, we shouldn't think about using them straight away. It's simply enough at this point to be attracted to them and note them down. Now, I think there are three good habits that we can get into when we're trying to copy the magpie. First of all, stay alert for unusual and notable things. Keep alert for the ideas that intrigue you. Remember them, or better still, note them down. Many writers carry a notebook around and will just jot down interesting and unusual things that they come across. They might have that idea for years before they use it. And I want to give you an example of the kind of thing I'm talking about. Many years ago when I was a kid, I saw this program about a couple of divers who were exploring an underwater cave. They had an hour of oxygen in their air tanks and they'd been told that they could get through this underwater cave and surface on the other side in under an hour. So off they went and when they had swum underwater through this cave for about half an hour, they had a decision to make. They could play it safe and turn around now and come back or they could do the risky thing and just keep going and hope the story was true. What should they do? Play it safe or risk everything? Well, in the program, they chose to keep going and they did indeed find that the end of the cave did let them out to the surface before their air ran out. It was quite an interesting story and it stayed in my mind. 
Now, if we fast forward a couple of years from that, I'm sitting in an English exam and one of the questions is something like, write a story based on the title, Do We Turn Back or Carry On? When I read that, I remembered the programme I'd watched and I used that idea. And I have to say, I got an A grade in that exam. Another example, when he was researching for one of his books, the writer Ian MacDonald came across the idea of the mellified man. Now, this is a legend of a man who, at the end of his life, starts to eat nothing but honey. Eventually, everything that comes out of his body, and you can use your imagination, is like honey. And with just a diet of honey alone, eventually he dies. His body is buried in a sealed coffin, which is also filled with honey, and is left for a century or more. And after that time, the contents of the coffin have turned into a kind of medicinal confectionery that allegedly can be used to cure all sorts of ailments. Now, the idea intrigued MacDonald, and it became part of one of the story threads in his book, The Dervish House. Now, one of the things that can attract us as literary magpies is a true story, the story of someone's life or maybe some events from somebody's life. And these can start as one of those shiny things which writers can notice and develop in time into whatever they want to make it. Take, for example, the novel Schindler's Ark by Thomas Keneally. This was a story of a German businessman who saved the lives of more than a thousand Polish Jews during the Holocaust. Now, that true event got made into a book, Schindler's Ark, which was eventually made into the film Schindler's List, directed by Steven Spielberg. Another example is the painting The Girl with the Pearl Earring by Johann Vermeer. That painting so intrigued the author Tracy Chevalier that she wrote a book with that title, The Girl with the Pearl Earring, which was again eventually made into a film. People's lives and unusual events and artefacts can all become the shiny things that we collect. So cast your attention wide, far outside your usual interests, develop your curiosity, be inquisitive and see what kind of shiny things you can come across. So that's the first habit, and it's a good habit to have, but it's not enough just to look for these things. We also have to develop the second habit. We need to find the questions behind the fact, behind the unusual thing. As an example of what I mean, in the last podcast, I talked about how easy it was to find out all kinds of information on the internet. And the example that I used was finding out who the wife of the current Crown Prince of Denmark is. Now, her name before she was married was Mary Elizabeth Donaldson, and she's from Tasmania, Australia. So now the Crown Prince of Denmark is married to a girl from Tasmania. That's a shiny thing. That's an interesting thing. But there's a question behind it. What would your question be at this point as an inquisitive writer? What would you ask? I can tell you that my question was, how does the Crown Prince of Denmark get to meet and marry a girl from Tasmania? And therein might well be a story that you would want to tell, or at least a concept that you want to use. For every one of these interesting things that you find, there is a question. The Apollo mission took mankind to the moon. How did they do that? Jane Austen set two of her novels in Bath and she lived there for a while. Why was she so attracted to that city? There's a bird found in Mexico called the resplendent Quetzalbird. Now, how does that get its name? And what about the phrase, bite the bullet? What does that mean? Where does that phrase originate? Well, actually, I can answer that question for you because, in fact, it's a phrase from military medicine. In field hospitals, when a soldier needed an operation and there was no anaesthetic, they were told to literally bite the bullet to stop them screaming from the pain of a necessary operation. 
Now, there are countless unusual pieces of information and events and lives out there that you can collect. And if you want to enhance that knowledge, you need to ask the question behind it. And that brings us to the third good magpie habit that you can get into. You can take all of your shiny things and you can take all of your questions and answers, but then you have to bring them all together. One shiny thing is great, but a whole collection of them working together is fantastic. Just think about all of the wonderful ideas that J.K. Rowling brought together for the Harry Potter series. Are all of the incredible ideas from mythology and history and language and art that Tolkien picked up and brought together for the Lord of the Rings? Or think about all the wonderful and terrible and heroic aspects of Suzanne Collins' work, The Hunger Games. All of these great stories combine the thoughts and observations of their authors, each author taking intriguing and unusual ideas and combining them and building their own imagination into them and creating amazing stories from them. So be alert for the interesting and the unusual. Note these things down, store them, and maybe one day you'll be able to use them. And that concept then takes us from the magpie to the compost heap. And what I mean by this is that we should take all of these wonderful and intriguing ideas that we've found and give them time to settle and mulch down in our minds. They can just stay there like organic waste in a compost heap and settle until the time when they're going to be useful. A notebook can be really invaluable with this sort of thing. It helps us to record and remember what it was that we saw, what intrigued us. In episode 41 of the podcast, my interview with the writer and historian Nick Page, he refers to this process of collecting and absorbing information. And it's worth listening to what he said. Here it is. But I've always kept notebooks. I've always been an omnivorous reader. I, I read all kinds of fields. And um, I try as hard as I can as a professional to always learn from what I'm reading and, and just c collect things, sort of, sort of like magpie-like, just collect phrases, collect words, collect those kinds of things. Because I think, that, I think you can make connections with, with... It just helps you sort of broaden out, I think. So let your ideas and discoveries settle in your mind. Keep notebooks or index cards or files on your computer, backed up of course, whatever you want to do, so that when the time is right, like a real compost heap, you can take that rich stuff out and spread it around to really enhance your story. So in this episode, we've looked at what writers can learn from the magpie and the compost heap. We've discussed staying alert for the unusual and notable, and we've talked about asking the question behind the fact, especially questions like, how did that happen? We've talked about the need to bring all of these ideas and all of these questions together and mix them with our own imagination to create wonderful and compelling and absorbing stories. And that then leads us into thinking about the writer's equivalent of the compost heap. As you collect these things that you've seen and experienced and read and picked up along the way, Use whatever means suits you to record them and just let them settle and wait for their moment. So today in this podcast, I have referred to the following works and sites. The Dervish House by Ian MacDonald, published by Galantz. Schindler's Ark by Thomas Keneally, published by Hodder and Stoughton. The Girl with the Pearl Earring by Tracy Chevalier, published by HarperCollins. The Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien, published by HarperCollins. The Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins, published by Scholastic, and the Harry Potter series by J.K. Rowling, published by Bloomsbury. I've also taken information from the site Grammarly.com and an excerpt from my own interview with Nick Page in episode 41 of the Creative Writers Toolbelt. 
So that's all for now. I'll get some show notes up on Pinterest for this episode. We also have a group at Goodreads. Go to goodreads.com and check the Creative Writers Toolbelt group there. You can find details about me at my website, andrewjchamberlain.com. The next episode will be the wonderful conversation that I had with Becky Chambers. So that's it for now. Thank you again for listening. Until next time, goodbye. (music) 